Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, uh, I want to dive into this message today. Uh, Pastor Don started this two-part mini-series last week called Cast Your Cares. How many of you enjoyed the first message in that? It was really great for me. Amen. Yeah. It was really great for me. I love what he said about in 1 Peter 5 when it talks about casting your anxiety on God. And, and he really kind of mentioned how it's a group project and we forget that. And if you remember the foundational scripture in, uh, in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I, I love how the New Living Translation says it. It says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. And I think that's so great. And in light of what Pastor Don was talking about, about it being a group project, uh, I was actually in my small group that Tuesday night. And um, there was somebody in there that was talking about they had wrecked their car on the freeway. Uh, and they were kind of talking about how, you know, it's okay. They were glad that everybody was okay. Uh, but they mentioned something. They said, but I, I just want my car back. Like, I really don't want it to be totaled. I like that car. And uh, we were kind of talking through that. And then there was somebody actually at, at our Thursday rehearsal for this team. They were talking about they've been building a house and things have gone haywire and it's just like not what they hoped. And, and throughout all that, we were kind of talking about how, you know, it's really easy for us to understand the big answer to all of it. Does that make sense? Like when you get in a car wreck, the first thing that hopefully comes out of your mouth after the dust kind of settles and everything is you're like, you know what, it's okay. It's just stuff, right? I'm glad everybody was okay. And we know that about the big stuff, but as everything progresses, you know, I remember one time my car was totaled and it was like, no big deal, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a car that was really cheap in the first place and, uh, and it was not worth much at all. And it wasn't that big of a deal to me in the beginning, but as the process unfolded with insurance and, you know, all those calls and all those things, I remember the guy that hit my car just like figured he wasn't going to answer the phone anymore when his insurance company called him. He did that whole thing. And I remember the stress built over time. And first of all, I just want to say, you know, that group project piece that Pastor Don spoke about, that casting our cares and our anxiety on God is a group project. It happens in the context of groups. I want to highlight for just a moment, you know, that person in my small group was talking about what had happened that week. And we were able to walk through that together. That person in the team that we serve with, we were able to walk through that together. If you're not in a group, if you're not serving, I just wonder who you're going to walk through that with. But I think it's so interesting how many times in life we have this Understanding that in the big moments, we can cast those cares on God. But as things start to unfold, it's those little details that kind of start to get inside of us. Do you know what I mean by that? And I go back to, like I said, that wreck whenever I, I, I had that car that was totaled. And I was really cool about it at first, but I felt like I was about to lose my salvation about a month into it on the phone with insurance people. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, that's not what you said the last time I spoke to you. And the pressure just continued to build and continued to build. You know, they say that, uh, that the devil is in the details, and I think that's an interesting statement. I think maybe you could rephrase it as the devil would like to get you distracted in the details. And I think it can be so easy for us to understand that in the big moments of life, the big stresses of life, that God wants us to cast our cares on him. But I just wonder if there's anyone in here today or watching online who's been struggling with anxiety and been struggling with worry, and it's not really just because of some big moment, 
But when you look back, you realize that maybe it was the accumulation of little details over time that you hadn't given to God. And I know how many times that's happened in my life. If I could just be really frank with you, I know what it's like to struggle with anxiety. I know what it's like to go, well, that's weird. I'm not sure why I feel that way today. I know what it's like to walk through that. I know what it's like to go through stress and to to be like, you know what? I'm a grown man, but I'm driving my car right now and I could just cry and I have no clue why. It's just that everything has built up over time. And I think so many times we're looking at what's the big factor here, but maybe what we're missing is that there's a bunch of little factors that have built up and we haven't given them to God. And I wonder if there are some of those factors in your life today. I wonder if there are some stressors. Maybe it's that nine-week decision that Pastor, Pastor Dave and Pastor Janae were talking about. Do I put my kids back in person? Do I not put my kids back in person? What are the schools going to do? Can I live with my kids on Zoom calls in my house for one more week, you know? What are those little stressors in your life that are building up? Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe you, like, you know it's out of hand, but you just haven't really released it to God. Maybe you know, like every Tuesday, I'm always tired and it's only the second day of the work week because my schedule is way too fast, but you never seem to really release it to God. Maybe it's something like, you know, you have a problem with credit cards. Like, you know, it's just like, I cannot stop spending and it's just little bits at a time, but you don't know how to release that to God. Maybe it's a habit that you have. It could be an addiction. It could be um, something that seems very serious. It could be something that doesn't seem very serious. It could be that you are a stress eater and you don't know how to give that to God, but it builds over time. I wonder what those little things are in your life that you haven't been able to release to God. I wonder what those little hurts are, those little relationship pieces that have been kind of accumulating that you haven't fully given to him. And see, I wonder sometimes when we won't give things to God. I wonder if it's maybe because we don't believe that he cares about the details. Maybe it's like he's kind of sitting up there like, do you realize that there's a pandemic right now? Who really cares about this little issue that's going on with you? Who really cares that the AC in your car is messed up right now? That little factor that's building inside of you. I wonder if we think that he's invested in the car crash, but he's not invested in the insurance process for a month after. Or I wonder if maybe we flip that. I wonder if sometimes we give him the big stuff, but then we think about the little stuff. Man, who cares? I can take care of this myself. And today I want to talk to you about a God who cares about the details of your lives. See, so many people have been so convinced for so long that God does not care about details. I can't tell you the times that I've heard someone say, oh no, don't pray for me. There's bigger things happening in the world. Do you really believe that the God who knows the name of every star in the universe doesn't care about what's happening in your life? The Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. If he doesn't care about details, then he wouldn't even know what color your hair is. And some of you, he has to kind of figure that out week by week because it changes all the time. And I wish I was brave enough to do it, but I'm not. But I love this scripture and it's so powerful to me. And if I could just be honest, I live by this scripture. Psalm 37, 23 through 24 in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Now, first, let's stop there. That means that if you are pursuing God, it doesn't mean if you're perfect. It means if you're pursuing God, 
So Jesus has made you righteous. When Jesus died and you accepted the payment for your sin, that means you were in right standing with God. Now, being godly just means that you do everything that you can, allowing the Holy Spirit to help you to live like who God has already made you to be, to live like a righteous person. So let's set that framework. If you're doing your best to pursue Jesus, the Bible says that God's directing your steps. I mean, think about that for a second. God's not even just telling you, hey, turn left in a mile. He's directing every single step that you take. So if you don't think that he's invested in the details, then we've already begun to dismantle that. But I love this next portion. It says, God delights in every detail of their lives. Say detail. If you're at home and you did that, you felt really weird just now. I know because I've done it too. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. In fact, the Amplified Version says that God busies himself with our every step. And I picture that, like, have you ever, have you ever held, like, a kid? Or uh, I remember when my wife was pregnant, we traveled, we went to Europe for two weeks when my wife was pregnant, and you know how much more careful I was about everything? You know, if you're getting on an escalator, you're like, I got you, are you okay? You, you gonna be all right? You're getting on, like, a subway, And you're just, hey, make sure you cross, make sure it's okay, don't trip on the gap, you know, all that kind of stuff. I picture that with you and God, that God is busying himself with your every step. In fact, in the Hebrew, that word kind of means that he establishes your every step. Do you know what that means? I'm going to give you a picture really quick that's really, really interesting. When Peter walked on water, he came towards Jesus, and as he walked on the water, it became firm enough for him to stand on. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what happened scientifically to make it happen. But what I know is that every step he took towards Jesus, even though there was a storm around him, was established and made firm. When this scripture says that God establishes your every step, it means that as you're walking towards Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't even matter if you stumble. Do you remember that Peter fell into the water and Jesus reached out and grabbed him by the hand. Do you see that in verse 24, where it says, though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. That as you step out in faith and you follow God, he is establishing every footstep for you. And you will fall, but you'll never fall all the way because he's right there with you, holding you by the hand. See, God cares about the details of your life. And I just wonder what is the detail that you can't release to him because you're not sure that he cares. I hate that picture, to be honest with you, of the big man upstairs that is kind of running the universe and doesn't have time for me because it's not at all what the scripture describes. And so today I want to talk to you about five types of details that God cares about in your life. And not all of these may apply to you, but I bet that one of them will. And I hope that it kind of opens your heart to the fact that God is for you. He's not against you, but you can cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So the first thing that God cares about is your needs. God cares about your needs. And I understand that that can seem like a big thing at times, but sometimes it can seem like a small thing. And and can we just be honest in this room? Sometimes it can seem like it's a big thing to us, but like God doesn't seem to care. And I want to give you the scripture in Matthew 6, verses 30 through 33. Jesus is speaking and he's talking about how God takes care of us. And I want you to look at the terminology he uses. It says, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care 
for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. It's easy to interpret this passage as saying, like, Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about it. It's not that important. And I don't know why I've always kind of taken it this way, but actually what Jesus is saying is, here's what I need to tell you. You don't have to worry about this because it is so important to God that he's already got it taken care of. So what he's saying is, okay, listen, if God provides clothing for the fields in the form of wildflowers, Jesus is painting this artistic image of like, if God can make sure that entire ecosystems are functioning, then he's certainly going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to seek him and trust him as your provider, as your creator, as your source, as the one who loves you. And he will take care of you because he cares for you. And I just want to say to those of us who may be struggling today with basic needs in life, maybe you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this month's rent. Maybe you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my kids' braces or their college, or I don't know how I'm going to pay for even putting food on the table this week. I want you to know today that Jesus cares about those needs. And if you just kind of lean into that, you can gain some peace in that moment. I want to encourage you as we sang that first song. It says in Psalm 37, 25, that's where that song comes from. It says, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. It goes on to say that the godly give generous loans. It means that God will take care of you if you just pursue him. It doesn't mean that you'll be perfectly wealthy all the time, but it means that at the end of the day, you'll have food on the table, you'll have clothes on your back. God will take care of your needs as you pursue him. You don't have to worry about it. Jesus says in Matthew 6, can worrying add a single day to your life? And we know scientifically that it takes days away from your life. So he's saying, lean into me because I care for you already. Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply. That's not might supply. It's shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So he's not even just getting you by. It's according to his riches and glory. It means that he has an abundant supply. And so we have to lean in and trust God that he knows our needs and he'll take care of us. I wonder what that need is in your life. I wonder if you need a car. The car I was talking about that got totaled, I needed a car uh, when I bought that one. And uh, I just prayed. I was like, God, I just, wanna, I just want a car. I want a cheap car. Like I wasn't even, I didn't even want something fancy. I mean, if somebody walked up and offered, I would have taken it, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I didn't want anything fancy. I just want something cheap. And um, I remember this car was parked in my neighborhood in like the worst spot possible to sell a car. And it sat there for two weeks. And I felt like God just kind of prompted me like, you should really ask. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And I finally asked. And I remember I bought it so cheap that I took it to a mechanic and I told him what I paid for me. He said, you paid what? Because God took care of my needs. God just wanted to take care of me. He wanted to be a blessing to me. And I just want to tell you today that he can do that for you as well. And by the way, I did get another car afterwards, and it was God taking care of my needs again. The second thing is the desires that are in your heart. I think sometimes we have this idea of a relationship with God, like everybody has to be a monk, and 
We have to have no desires at all. But I want to tell you today that that's not how God operates. Did you know that God has desires for you? That God wants everybody to be saved? That's what the New Testament teaches. It's a desire of his heart. God has desires for you. But listen to this. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Again, we're talking about pursuing God. And he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Here's what's amazing. Another translation says, God will give you the secret petitions of your heart. Did you know that God knows the desires in your heart that you've never expressed to anybody else? And I wonder what that desire is inside of you that you've never said to anybody else in your life. And, and please hear me, I understand that God won't fulfill every desire. It has to line up with his will and with his word. But here's what we also know, that God can give us the right desires. In fact, in Philippians, uh, it talks about Philippians uh, 2.13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2, 13. God works inside of you to give you not just the power to do his will, but the desire to do it. Do you know what that tells me is that God can transform your desires and align them with his. If you're pursuing God, he cares about those desires inside of your heart and he wants to meet those needs. Romans 12 uh, verse 2 teaches us that we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we're to allow God to transform us by changing the way that we think. And then we will be able to know what is that good and perfect and pleasing will of God for our lives. See, what happens is when you spend time with God, God transform you, transforms your desires. And when he transforms your desires to become like his, he says, I will fulfill those desires. And you may say, well, why does he have to transform my desires? Well, that's a great question. And it's a, actually a more simple answer than maybe sometimes we think. Because God wants what's best for you, even when you don't know what's best for you. So God will transform your desires to make it into what is better for you than what you originally had planned. And I just wonder what your desires are today. I wonder if there's somebody that's watching or in person today who's like, my desire our desire as a couple is to have kids and it hasn't been able to happen. Can I tell you that God knows the secret desires of your heart, those pains that you shared with nobody else? And if that's you, I just want you to know today, I just sense that there might be somebody, I want you to know that God cares and he sees you. And you can read all throughout the Old Testament the times when God cared and he saw people like Sarah and he took care of them in that need. Maybe you're somebody who's like, my desire is to find someone to marry. And God says, I'll, I'll upgrade that desire and you won't just find someone, you'll find the right one to marry. Maybe your desire is really simple. Like I, I want, a, want a bigger house so that I can help my kids grow up in a better atmosphere so that I can have people over to be hospitable or host a small group or whatever that may be. God cares about your desires, even the ones you don't express to anybody else. It's not too big, it's not too small. He cares. The other thing is this, God cares about your dreams. I don't know if you know this, but I think a desire is different than a dream. A desire is something, but a dream is like something way out there that I'm believing God for. God cares about your dreams. God cares about those things that maybe he placed in your heart. And I'd love to know what your dream is today. I don't know if maybe one day you dream to own a business. I don't know if one day you dream to start a nonprofit. I don't know if one day you dream to work in ministry. I don't know if one day you dream to have a family. I don't know if one day you dream to do missions. I don't know if one day you dream to 
go to college and be the first person ever in your family to graduate from college. But God knows what your dreams are, and he cares about those too. In fact, in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You know, I have lots of dreams for my family, for my ministry, for my finances, for personal things. I have dreams in my heart. And I just want to stop you for a moment today and say, God cares about your dreams. I think about Joseph and I'd like to pause and just remind you that Joseph had a dream. In fact, he had a couple of dreams and through a series of events and maybe some things that he kind of did wrong, he found himself in a place where people were unjust to him. It wasn't his fault that they were unjust. Uh, He just had made some people mad and they did the wrong thing with that anger. But he found himself in hard places. He became a slave in Egypt. He found himself in prison. And everything that I know about prisons in that day and in that region of the world where they were terrible places to be. And I wonder how many times he felt like maybe God had forgotten his dream. And I wonder if there's somebody here today who's like, I find myself in a hard place. I find myself, it seems like, in a worse place than when I first dreamed about this. It seems like things got even worse. And I'm wondering if God's forgotten about me. And I want to speak to you today. And I want to say, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Here's what that means. God is with you in the heart sickness. God is with you when the hope is deferred. And I would just like to say this, that it says hope deferred. It doesn't say hope denied. It doesn't say hope canceled. It says hope deferred. How about we say it like this, hope delayed. And you may be in a place where you feel like you're in between a dream and a promise that God's given you and the fulfillment of it. And you feel like you went through this valley and it got harder. And I just want to say, instead of pushing back on God in this season, give him those frustrations and lean into him and let him love you through this season. Let him remind you of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Do you understand that that means basically God has dreams for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God has dreams for you. And as we sing all the time, I hope that it gets into our hearts. Even when I don't see it, you're working. That maybe behind the scenes, God's been doing something For you, yes, but maybe even in you, that's going to make that dream even sweeter. If you're in a place today where you feel like your dreams are lost, I know your heart probably feels sick, but I want to tell you that when God steps in, when you see this dream fulfilled, it becomes a tree of life. And here's the thing about a tree of life. A tree is not just for the benefit of the tree. A tree is for the benefit of others. A tree provides shade for people. A tree, oftentimes, you know, seeds will come off of a tree and they sprout into other trees. God has something in store for you, a dream in your life that is not just about you and your family, but it's for the blessing and the benefit of others. So even if your heart feels sick, hold on because it's coming. And then finally, I want to say this, God cares about your fears. Psalm 34, 4 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And hear me when I say this, fear is faith in reverse. Fear is faith in reverse. That's not my statement, but I think it's so powerful. Fear is when we project what might happen in the future. Have you ever been driving to a meeting and you're like, oh, this is the day they're going to fire me. (laughs) Like, why would I even think that? I don't know, but this is just that day. Have you ever been wondering what people are thinking about you in a room, right? Fear is when we project the future. What if this happens? But prophecy is when we declare what God says will happen. 
And I wanna just lean into that for a, moment, for a moment. Fear says, I wonder if this is going to happen. And we begin to create scenarios in our minds and visualize things in our minds. What prophecy does is prophecy says, God said this in his word, so I am gonna fix my eyes on what he said until I see it come to pass. See, we understand from the New Testament that we live by faith and not by sight. So we live via an internal picture of what God is doing. And fear would create a different internal picture that is just a projection of what might happen and what we can create in our minds. I want to encourage you today that God sees every fear, every scenario that you've created in your mind, everything that's filled you with doubt, everything that's caused you to question his plan for you. God sees every fear. I wonder if I can provide for my family. God sees that fear. When you won't say it to your wife, when you won't say it to your kids, God sees that fear. When you wonder... As a mom, when you're alone for the 14 seconds that you get alone every day when your kids aren't there, you sit there and you wonder, am I enough to parent these kids? God sees that fear. And it's not too small for him. It's not too insignificant for him. He's not too busy to take care of you. I wonder if you know that God cares about your fears. I love 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. Now, these words are the same in English. They're not necessarily the same in the original language that it was written, but I just, I like it for myself that First Peter tells us to cast our cares on Jesus. And First John 4, 8 actually teaches us that God is love. He is the personification of what love is. No matter what you felt, no matter what people have told you, no matter how people have treated you after they told you that they loved you, God is the personification of true, real love. And it says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. So say it like this, there's no fear when God is in the room. But perfect love, or we could say the love that our Father has casts out fear. So when you cast your cares on God, do you understand that he then casts out your fear? That's the beauty of our God. And the final thing is that God cares about your hurts. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And I just wonder if there's anybody watching today or here in the room who's brokenhearted. I think everybody would agree that this year has not been what you thought it would be. And I wonder if there have been some things that have broken your heart this year. I wonder if there's been some, maybe some dreams that feel crushed. What if you finally stepped out and started that business and then it was like, this is the year I did it? And it all crumbled. I wonder if your marriage is crumbling this year. I wonder if your finances are crumbling this year. I wonder if you have a diagnosis that you don't want to talk about with people because it's crushing you on the inside because the doctors have told you there's no hope. I want to tell you that God is close to you when you're hurting the most. Here's what I know about God. God doesn't cause the pain in your life, but he's happy to walk you through it. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Do you know that Jesus described the Holy Spirit who we now have as believers as someone who comes alongside us? Can you see Psalm 23 now? I will fear no evil for you are with me. He's walking right beside you. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Some translations say they comfort and guide. It talks about how they protect. You know, the Holy Spirit guides you through life. That God's with you when you're crushed in spirit. Not only that, but God knows why you hurt. If there's a deep place you're hurting and nobody knows why, if you show up to work every day and people see you as the strong one, but when you go home, nobody sees the tears that you cry. If you put on a face in front of your kids because you have to keep it together, but you go in your room when they go to sleep and you just cry, God sees the hurt that you're facing. Can I say it this way? Maybe the hurt for you doesn't manifest in in sadness. Maybe it manifests in anger. Maybe it manifests in rejection of other people and pushing them away. God sees the place where your pain is at. Actually, it says in Psalm 56, 8, it gets even more specific. It says, you keep track of all my sorrows. Now, keep in mind, this is a a person speaking to God. And the Holy Spirit chose to have this written into Scripture. They're just bearing their soul to God. And I want to remind you that you can do that as well. You can bear your soul to him. He says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. And you have recorded each one in your book. You know that every tear that you've cried, God has noticed. So please don't fool yourself into believing that God doesn't care about the little details in your life. No, God's written them all down. You know, if I really care about something that somebody asked me to do, um, I am what we call a musician, uh, which means in my terminology that I will probably forget what you asked me to do in about five minutes. So if I really care about something that somebody asked me to do, I write it down. I just want to say today, God cares about what's going on in your life so much that scripture says he writes it down. God sees the place of your hurt. I wonder what's hurting you today. I wonder where the pain is in your life today. I wonder what's that secret place that nobody sees or knows, but God knows. Or maybe they know it, but they don't know the depth of how much it's hurting. And I just want to encourage you that he's been walking beside you. He's the one who walks with you in the valley. So I don't know if you believe that God is involved in the details of your life, but if you're one of those people that is walking through life and you're like, I thought it was the big thing that triggered the anxiety and the pain and the depression and the fear, but now that I think about it, I think it was the little things and maybe the big thing kind of set it off all the way, but it was the little things that it accumulated. It was the needs that I have that I'm believing God for. It was the desires that I have that I just wanted this and I just, it's something that I long for. It's the dreams that I feel God's placed in my heart that I haven't seen come to pass yet. Maybe it's the fears that nobody really knows about. Maybe it's the pain that's deep inside of me. Whatever it may be, I want you to know today that God cares and you can release it to him. And there's this amazing divine exchange that happens when we release it to God. I want to be very clear. Every time you release something to God, it doesn't mean it gets fixed. Pastor Don said that last week and that really touched me. It doesn't... It doesn't mean that it gets fixed. Paul said, I got, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take something away from me and he wouldn't do it. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You know what God was saying is I'm going to be right there with you, but I can't just take it away. I'm going to walk through it with you. 
This divine exchange happens when we give our cares to Jesus. This amazing thing takes place. It's not that he just takes it all away. It's not that he just fixes everything. But listen to this. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Listen to this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If you don't know what a yoke is, it's like when they would have a team of oxen. And they would need to plow a field. They would put a yoke around their neck so that they could plow a field. So it's like it's something that you carry. It may be something that you're dragging behind you. Can I say it that way? It may be something that you've been dragging through your past. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The divine exchange is God saying, take my burden it's better. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.